Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Friday Night Ohio podcast powered by CantonRep.com. And it is time for the playoffs, and I'm joined by my co-host, Peter Holland, Jr., for this special event. And, Peter, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I am so excited, Cliff. First time covering football playoffs. I'm excited to see how this how the postseason is going to look like in state. Yeah, there are a lot of a uh, lot of our area teams certainly benefiting from the from the amount of teams that make the playoffs, and there's uh, obviously going to be some some really good games on this list, and then there's going to be some. Uh, some not so good games on this list, but that's just kind of the the nature of things. And we're gonna guess to start at the top here with Division One, Peter. We're looking at a rematch from just a couple weeks ago: Glen Oak at McKinley. This time, McKinley five and five, Glen Oak four and six. The Bulldogs uh, coming off that uh, tough loss to Maslin last week. Uh, how are you sizing this one up, Peter? Um. I would definitely say McKinley is obviously the better team. Uh, last week losing to Maslin was a disappointing for them, but it's also a it's also you can take as a positive because they needed that. To, they need that reality, that little reality check that they're not where they need to be right now, going against a superior Maslin team. Um, so I think they just needed that and just focusing on them and getting back to restarting to getting to where they need to be and hope see if they can make a stellar run. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to see two of the top rushers in the county. Um, obviously, Nino Hill having a breakout season, looking breakout season, um, rushing a thousand yard rusher. And then you also got Avante Bird, who's also a thousand yard rusher as well. Those two going head to head. We're going to see some pretty good talent all around with this, with um between these two. Um, I am a bit concerned about Sincere McNeil. Um, he did injure his ankle, according to um Josh Ware. Um, hopefully he should. Hopefully he'd be re- available, but right now he's day to day. So we will see. That will be a crucial loss if if they lose. If they lose McNeil, being that he's their primary target for Key and Rody. So we will see, but this is definitely, uh, uh, a marquee matchup as, as well and see if Glenn O can at least make it more of a competitive game now that they got their rematch with them. Yeah, that's a great point on Sincere McNeil, obviously a big part of the Bulldog offense and, Man, ankle injuries, those can be so tricky because especially at that position, so much is done with cutting with your legs and then making, you know, route running. That That's that's just such a tough injury, and hopefully he'll be okay for this one. You never like to see a marquee player for any team unable to go, especially for the playoffs, the thing that, you know, all these players have worked so hard for. and. You mentioned two great running backs in this game, Nino Hill over a thousand yards, despite really not playing the first uh, couple games and uh, taking a while to break into the lineup there. And then you have Avante Burt, who I've seen very, very quick. He's one of those guys that if he gets in the open field, it's 
it's trouble to track him down and he's very explosive running into the line. So if there's a if there's a hole there he can exploit it. Obviously McKinley won forty to seven in week nine, so just a couple weeks ago. So there's uh, a lot of storylines there. It's it could be a very different game if Sincere McNeil is unable to play. Let me say this about with Avante. While he might not have the marquee size of a running back, but there's just something about his change of directions. It's because I was just watching his watching um, highlights of him, and that guy, man, his acceleration is just outstanding. And hopefully, hopefully we see some. And this is what I'll see what excitement about with the playoffs is. How scouts are going to look highly on these players. Um, the further they go in the, the state playoffs, the more attention they're going to grab with college scouts. And I'm looking forward to see if how um, each of the start county, but especially the running back position, which is obviously uh, the dominating position in this county. And Avante is definitely an explosive player. So we'll, we'll, we will see on how um, those who will perform. Yes, and then we've got another area team hosting a game in Division One. It's number nine, Berea Midpark, at number eight, Jackson. Both of these teams are five and five. Uh, Jason Davide ended up being the leading rusher in the Federal League this season. He's your traditional, I call him hammer back there. Uh, he's <laughs> not going to do a lot of dancing. He's going straight forward, making one cut, putting a foot in the ground, and can carry some guys along with them. And then uh, it's something you're working on. I don't want to take the, the wind out of your sails on this, but uh, Ben Holzopfel back from an off-season knee injury for the first time last week. How much of a lift does that give the polar bears, Peter? Oh, it's definitely a big, it's definitely a big deal. Hosafo, uh, it was that missing piece on defense for um, Jackson. He's the starting middle linebacker. You talking about a guy who was in junior in his junior year? He he um registered what 120 tackles, made him an all state, all state middle linebacker, all around best linebacker for sure. Um, he was that missing piece on that defensive side. So having him back, even though we not, he's not necessarily a hundred percent, but he's enough to at least to um, be clear to be on the field. So they're kind of continuing to monitor him. They don't want to overuse him. And it's really up in the air of how many snaps that he's going to get. But as of right now, he is their starting middle linebacker. Yeah, that that unit is going to be needed this week. Just looking at some of the guys on that Berea Mid Park roster, uh, Devin Zahersky, a tight end, six foot five, two hundred and forty pounds. That is definitely a, a tough cover. Anytime you've got uh, a situation like that, and then they're going to have to uh, keep an eye on Troy Schick at quarterback. And then they have Hudson Devins at running back. So there are some weapons also on the Berea Mid Park side. Yeah, um, if I'm correct, Devins or Hershey got two D1 offers. One of them was um, West Virginia. I think that was probably his notable offer. Um, so, yeah, they got guys, you know. They're in that um, that Cleveland area. So they're going to 
they're gonna bring some talent around here in Jackson, but one, but I think what was great about with Jack with Tom Jackson is that they've been challenged. They went toe toe with some of the top tier teams in their league. You know, the five and five doesn't really do that much any justice, but they lost a, but they played a lot of um tough ball games, and their defense. And I I'm going to continue to mention that their defense. You know, their defense has been stellar even without Hustleful. That they all they're gonna bring. They're always going to continue to bring the physicality um, for whatever team that's in front of them. So we will see uh, how this game is going to turn out. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, just like it was with Hoover. And um, we'll see who comes out, come up on top. At least for Jackson, at least they home have the home field advantage. So you can never go wrong with that. Absolutely. And now we're going to move on to Division Two here. Uh, we've got number 16 Perry at number one Maslin. Uh, this used to be, uh, an annual regular season game back in the 2010s. Uh, it is not the case anymore. The last time they faced each other was the 2020 playoffs. Maslin won that game 43 to 13. It's, uh, been a little bit of an up and down regular season for Perry and Maslin has looked, uh, great throughout. Uh, what are you seeing in this one, Peter? Oh, it's the backyard brawl. I've heard stories, um, Cliff, and not a lot of positive about it as well. Um, I heard a lot of stories that I probably won't even say on record, but, um, getting a little more insight about the Maslin Perry situation, but that doesn't really matter right now. We're just talking about how they are on the field. Yeah, Maslin is continuing their momentum. They rightfully deserve to have the number one seed, uh, since that Mueller loss, they've won eight straight, dominating, outscoring their opponents. Um, I, I, I'm just looking at their stat. I, I wish I had it written down, but they have the defense has continued to be continue, well all around. Well, the all around team in particular has been impressive. They have outscored their opponents 300, an average 36.3 to 18.7. So this is a team that is an all-around balanced team as as they want as Neymar wants them to be because they they can win in different ways possibly whether it's their running game with Wiltrell or through the air with uh with Jen Slard looking for Ardell Banks or if it's not him it's Braylon Tolls or it's Kyler Wiggins Defensively, uh, their front seven just continue to be the dominant force led by, um, Dorian Pringle, um, Cody Fair, the linebacking core. They got a young defensive line that's just going to get after it, anchored with Marcus Moore, the senior. So they can win in so many ways possibly. And also, most importantly, uh, Neymar probably won't won't get too excited because he's focused on one particular thing and is getting to the state championship, but he will be one win away of of tying for the record, Paul Brown's record for most wins in program history. So that might that is a big deal, and he likely might surpass it in the second round. Um, so we'll see about that. For Perry, they're going on different directions. You know, they started off well. They went 4-1. and one. But then things just went backwards. They lost, what, five of the last six, and they're currently on a four-game losing streak. So 
I don't know exactly what what led to them. I mean, they dealt with some tough schedules as well, tough, a lot of close games, and but there, but there's something about going against that wing ting offense. So if you're not if you're not disciplined on reading your keys, it'll be a long day, especially when you're going against a top tier back in DeAndre Church. So they're gonna lean toward him to at least um, play physical against Maslin's physical defensive front. Absolutely. That's uh, summed it up really well there. And now we're going to take a look. Also, we've got number 15, Dublin Scioto at four and six at number two, Lake, who is nine and one. Uh, the Blue Streaks have just one postseason win since its 2010 state semifinal team. I think they'll match that and probably, you know, double it here. <laughs> I think Lake's Shaping up to have a nice run. They look great against Green last week with a 55-7 to win. How do you feel about this one, Peter? Lake is another team that was also was dealing with some was was dealing with some injury with one of their key players, Ty Miller, and he's looking from what I'm seeing, he's looking like he's working his way back to health as well. They're going to monitor him and see if he can get. Um, monitor him and get him a few snaps. When healthy, he's a difference maker. But they've been doing fine without him offensively and defensively, especially um, with their running attack with uh, Matt Saulberger, who's, what, only two yards away of a 1,000-yard season, I saw? Two yards? He'll probably yeah. get that. He'll get that in one carry. <laughs> um, easy as that. Um, and they Lake just continued to be impressive in all cylinders, so it wouldn't surprise me if they do put um put out a good beatdown against this Dublin um how do you say how do you say Dublin Scioto? Yes, that is it. And it it is a team that's won four of its uh, last six games. They started the season 0 and four and have four losses by a touchdown or less. They played the ninth toughest schedule in Division Two, so it, it is kind of intriguing there, but I, I think you're right. I think the arrow, at least in my thoughts, points to Lake on this one. Yeah. Um, let's we'll see what happened with Lake, man. They're the number two seed. Uh, they had an incredible se- incredible season, and um, looking forward to see how far they can go. You know, I'm I'm a soul fan of defense wins championships. You know. Maslin has a strong defense, and that's going to take them far. Lake has a strong defense that only allows, what, 12.6 points allowed in the region. They got a great, great linebacking core with Evan Brady. So they, so I'm always going to be a seller, a fan of advocate of defense wins championship, and that's definitely what's going to come down to it. They put out another oppressive, um, Impressive uh, bout against Dublin. Then I'm definitely looking forward to see how far they can go within their region. Sticking in Division Two, we've got number eleven Licking Heights at five and five. At number six, North Canton Hoover at seven to seven and three. The Vikings have been playing really great football as of late. The only area of concern is uh, running back Luke Groach. He was unable to play in the 14-7 win over Jackson last week. And that, speaking of, you know, how tricky ankle injuries could be, that's been nagging him for 
much of the second half of the season. He is expected to uh, play this week. But, uh, again, those are so tricky. And then you take a look at uh, Licking Heights coming into this. They have uh, – they played just one Division Two opponents and no Division Ones this year. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, Hoover is really battle-tested. And if you like good defense, I think Hoover might be a team you enjoy, Peter. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's another strong defense thing. It's just like going back to what I said about Maslin, going back to said about Lake. Defense is going to win you a championship, and I'm going to continue to say that until we see it. So North, Can- so Hoover also has a stellar defense led by their linebacker, Jack McKelly. Um, they also got a strong front. Um, so they, so, it will definitely be a strong slugfest as well if they continue continue the effort. Just watching that, just watching that Jackson Hoover game, it was just remarkable how both teams just continuing to uh, just continue to just make it a defensive battle. I'm definitely a fan of that. And low scoring game opportunities, guys getting to the quarterback, you know, physical up front. What more can you ask? And that's what um, Hoover brings. And um, as far as with Luke Roach, obviously Luke Roach was missing in that game. They relied heavily on Cooper Westfall, and he was pretty solid. So the more carries that he would get, the more experience, at least it brings in another um, a weapon for um, Carson Derlin. And um, Derlin, once he gets once he's in a groove, there's no stopping him. I'm starting to get starting to be on the Carson Derlin bandwagon. The, after seeing him up close, man, he's a stellar linebacker. I mean, a stellar quarterback at uh, what six, six, six two, one ninety. Um, I saw Ashland um, recruit came to watch him in person, and he's and he was a fan of how he performed, and so. We'll see, man. We'll see how Hoover can do. They're, I think they can definitely be the dark horse of their playoff throughout the playoffs in this region. Yes, I, I really like Carson Durland as well. I'm with you on that. Um, the way he runs that run-pass option offense is just a, a thing to watch. I mean, he always seems to put them in a good position on those plays, and they will face the triple option this week. They they face Perry during the regular season, though, so um, they kind of have a little bit of an idea, I'd imagine, what they're in for in that one. Absolutely. It just goes back to what I said with um, the wing T style offense or even some option plays. It's just you got to read your keys. You know, that's going to be important when you're going against teams like that, you know. I play linebacker in high school, and one thing that we take pride in is just reading your keys. Um, so for linebackers, it's about the guard's going to take you to the play. So wherever the guard goes, that's likely where the play is going to go. So definitely, you're definitely wanting to rely on your um, your front seven to get the job done when stopping the wing team offense. Absolutely, and... Uh... Taking a look at the final game in Division Two, number twelve Green at four and six is at number five Big Walnut. Uh, the Bulldogs have last five of their last six games, and they've allowed fifty points uh, three times during that stretch. 
this might be a, a tough matchup for Green. Zach Baglia, the player to watch for Green, of course. He's got 1,202 yards receiving. Big Walnut headed the other direction. They've won five straight, and the guy to watch for them is their six foot two, 200-pound running back and linebacker, Garrett Stover. He's a four-star recruit. He's got 15 Division I offers, including from, check out this list, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Cincinnati, Northwestern, Michigan State, and Iowa State. That's just some of them. He's being recruited for defense or just running back? Uh, he's got the linebackers where all of these programs are looking for him. We, uh, you know, just looking, there's a great photo of him we ran in the section today from, uh, one of the papers in the USA Today chain and he just looks like a gigantic. I'm looking at it. I'm looking at the picture right now and yeah, I will hate having to tackle this guy down here. Yeah. He just looks, <laughs> he has the look of this is going to hurt. If you now that's a big know. walnut right there. Yeah. I'll just leave it at that. But, um, yeah, this is going to be a tough test for Green. You know, you you didn't finish strong like you would hope after a great start. And But I think what's great about with the postseason is that the record is out the window. And if you want to set the tone, you really have to go and beat out a superior team like Big Walnut with going against a guy like Gary Stover. You, I think at least what Green what really, at least what Green could do with the upper hand is their offense is air raid. They can score enough points. You got weapons all around with Zach Baglia, JJ Taylor, and all them got all those guys. So you're just hoping that at least the game will come down in a shootout. So we'll see what happens. And um, yeah, this will. I expect this to be a high scoring game for sure. All right, and now we're going to move on to Division Three. Just one game in this division locally, but it's a doozy. You got number twelve Alliance at eight and two, at number five Youngstown Cheney at nine and one. This is shaping up to be a great game, Peter. Oh yeah, man, Alliance. I'm 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 actually kind of surprised Alliance was ranked that low. I thought they would get at least somewhere like in the seventh or eighth, but at the same time, it's just probably a measure how stacked that region is. Um so Alliance is definitely gonna be put to the test. They they're exactly where they need to be after two losing seasons. And they'll so this is definitely will be a great challenge for uh, Alliance going against this young chain team that's nine one. Um chain obviously Youngstown players, they don't mess around. They they got their fair share of athletes as well. Um, they're led by their quarterback Matt Jones, who's thrown for who's who's more of a more of a runner than a thrower, but he can. I'm sure the defense are just gonna try to um, stop him. But um, Alliance, at least what what impressed about me about what this Alliance team is that they got guys, they got players all over the place. You know, Caden Davis, a 1500 yard rusher. Um, Ramir Hawkins, I think you can argue say this is a breakout year for this guy. Um, he, what he had, he's closing in for a thousand yard season, a, a complete deep threat. You know, they're strong on the offensive line and defensive front, all around stellar athletes. And obviously, Brandon Zerbrook, can't forget about that. Um, Apollo, 
uh, prolific quarterback. They're going to leave. They're going to have to depend on him a lot uh, going against his Cheney team. And Cheney, known for their defense, Peter, they've only let teams score more than 14 points in a game twice this year. But that Alliance offense is loaded. Something has to give. Yes, yes. We we expected to be a physical team from two two teams from different directions. So we'll see. Uh, and we're going to take a look at uh, the area teams in Division Four. Uh, this one may be the most uh, non-competitive game in the entire slate. You've got number sixteen field four and six, and number one West Branch uh, nine and one. Not a ton to say about this. Uh, field has lost uh, two consecutive games, and they've scored just seven points total the last two weeks. Drew DeShields, this will probably be a nice showcase game for him, Peter. When it comes to games like this, the only most important thing you want for West Branch is to make sure they remain healthy, um, especially with Drew DeShields, who's dealt with some injuries, injuries throughout the year throughout the year but he's been playing playing through it so you're hoping if you're in west branches to put out uh um just outscoring them in the first half and make it a running clock i'm not saying that is going to happen but that's something that you will want when you're the top seed you have a home field advantage you're going against a uh, a low tier seed in field. That's what's something that you want. You don't want to downplay them, but you want to make your mark and make sure that you perform well in the first half and rest your starters because it's going to continue to get tough at, um, as the, as the, as the playoff goes. So that's something that I should expect with West Branch. That's a great point, Peter. And, I think that's something they'll definitely be be hoping for, that they can get some guys some rest possibly there in the second half. And also seeing some future for West Branch. You know, we want to see who's going to be the next in line who can take over for Drew DeShields when he's when he's gone and per, and be the next um, Jimmy Garoppolo in Eastern Illinois or something. So you we want to see what the future holds for West Branch and getting that experience in that level definitely helps. Yeah, I think that that might be you might be seeing Bo Alazos who has come in in some of those situations this year and looked uh looked good for West Branch and that's probably the future and he might He's a big guy that. too. He's yeah, he's yeah. really tall, I saw. Yeah, the, I what? think the future of West Branch football like you're saying is is in good hands. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, also sticking with that division, we've got number 12, Streetsboro, at 6-4. and four. At number 5, Northwest, it's 7-3, third straight playoff appearance for Northwest. They were one of five, I believe, five teams during a share of the Pac-7 title last week. That thing was just, uh, it was crazy. They went for two against Canton South and didn't get it, and that kind of, Opened the door for a bunch of other teams. I was at Fairless. Uh, Fairless took advantage of that. But, uh, yeah, this is, this is going to be an interesting game. Um, Streetsboro's been putting up a lot of points recently. They've scored over a hundred the last two weeks at, against Akron Springfield and Akron Coventry. So Northwest, known for its defense. Again, that's a, that should be a, a fun matchup, Peter. It still kind of mind bothers me that 
five teams get a share of the Pac-7 title. Uh, it's still stuck in my mind after that, but hey, what can you do? But anyways, um, Northwest, this will definitely be a good showcase to see what Chase Badger can do. I He's been having an unimpressive year um, as a sophomore, um, you know, putting in some key game-winning drives. You know, you're going to need that. And having a running back like Kyler Maragla, who's another 1,000-yard rusher. We, we're loaded with 1,000-yard rusher clips. It's crazy with running backs. So you're going to need your top, your marquee guys to um, go toe-to-toe when you put enough, enough points going against Streetsboro. All right. And then – the final game on this list, another intriguing one, number 10, Salem at 6-4. and four. Is it number 7, Canton South at 7-3? and three? And, again, Canton South had that just uh, great win last week over Northwest, earned a share of its first league championship in 59 years, and they're looking to win their first playoff game since 2008. I like their chances with Poochie Snyder at quarterback. Hey, don't forget, this is a this is another um we're talking about a quarterback duel here, you know. It's not with Poochie Snyder going against um what Jack Johnson is his name? Yeah, Jackson Johnson. So we're gonna see another high scoring game. I think the last meeting the Quakers won thirty five to thirty two if I'm correct. So this will definitely be uh, a great offensive offensive matchup with two top-tier quarterbacks in our area. So we're going to see. Um, but I'm with you. Poochie Snyder, whenever he has the football, he's going to make some effort. And he has weapons, you know, weapons around him, like um, Tavon Castle is one of them, you know, who's a thousand – I, I believe he's a thousand-yard receiver as well, or at least he's close to getting there. So they got guys all around to make Poochie Snyder look good, for sure. Xavier Williams is another guy who's – putting out some pretty good numbers as well. So, yeah. Um, so, Pucci Schneider, he, at least he got a lot of weapons around him to make him look good. And Pucci Schneider is also a guy that makes the players look good as well with his incredible arm. Yeah, Salem took West Branch to the limit last week. That was a close game. They always play that at 7 p.m. on a Saturday night uh, after the Maslin-McKinley game. And it was uh, it was a pretty crazy game. So uh, Salem playing well, something to keep an eye on. This is two, like you mentioned, very high-powered offenses. And uh, now we're going to move on here. We're going to go down to uh, the next division. We're going down to Division Four, Region Fifteen. We've got number fifteen Carrollton at seven and three. At number two Steubenville at eight and two. Uh, the thing to watch, Chase Olstrom closing in on 2,000 yards rushing for the season. He's got 1,865. He just needs 135 to reach that, and he, he probably has a good chance of making that happen, Peter. The more carries he gets is likely going to happen. He's just been their workhorse for a little guy. This guy just continues to make plays on the field, being that reliable Reliable guy, reliable player in the backfield. And you also got to get credit to the offensive line for continuing to pave the way for him as well. So we don't want to put all on the running back and Chase Holstrom, but you also got to give credit to the offensive line for creating the lanes, creating the holes for him to get 
to get him to that many yards for sure. So they're gonna need him um to they're gonna need him to go against this super to that's eight and two. So I'm definitely looking forward to see how this is gonna turn out. Yeah, Steubenville with a strange schedule. They played six games against teams outside of Ohio. The teams they defeated inside the area were 21-0 against Louisville. They won 20-0 at New Philadelphia and 29-13 over Dover. So it'll be interesting to, to see what happens in this one. And uh, we're going to take a look now at Division 5, Region 17. We've got a Pac-7 rematch. It's Orville, number 11 at 6-4, and four, at number 6, Fairless, with a record of 8-2. and two. And I saw the Falcons last week. I am really impressed with this team. They have so many weapons on offense. It's tough to take everything away. they got Brody Pumnio and Luke Yoder. At wide receiver, those are two uh, state qualifying sprinters. Um, then you look, if you try to load up on the pass, they have an emerging sophomore quarter or sophomore running back in Peter Kelly, and he was uh, kind of making Tusla pay at times for dropping into pass coverage. And then, of course, Carson Colucci, just a great arm, very accurate. Uh, it's a really fun team to watch, and they're playing well at a really good time. I feel like. Yeah, the fu- yeah the future is continuing to be bright. You know, you, having having the Miles Rapids for Carson Colucci is always a big always a big help for him. And being that fact he's a junior, you definitely be excited for him to come coming back and continue to put on main numbers for um Fairless. So Fairless is definitely going to be um going to definitely be a more complete team when but you wouldn't expect anything less from Orville as well as they've been go to and toe with team within their conference so definitely we'll see how this is going to turn out as well but I think Fairless has the upper hand yeah this would be the first home playoff win in school history for Fairless so you know they're going to be motivated to try to make that happen and uh, moving on to Division Six, Region Twenty One, we've got Number Ten Mineral Ridge at eight and two. They're at Number Seven Central Catholic at six and four. The Crusaders always play such a difficult schedule with so many teams higher than them as far as division. Um, I feel like they always kind of have a little bit of an advantage when they play against teams in their own division because they play up so often. And when you have a player like Jack Talkington there, I just I, I feel like Central Catholic is one of those teams that that is always on the verge of putting together a run. That's what I like about with this Central Catholic team is they don't really have to depend too much on Jack Talkington. I don't know we um I rather mentioned this, but but um what's really in what's in what's been an improvement for Central Catholic is that everyone has stepped up. Um, even last week, Alex Anderson just went off against St. Thomas Aquinas in the season finale, you know, had what four touchdowns and what, and over 200 yards. He had an, he had an incredible game. Um, but you also got guys like, um, Dan, Dan Boron as well, who's, who's been stellar on both sides of the field. Um, we got Jack Hopkins as well. You know, they're, they're, they got weapons, so Jack Talkington doesn't have to do too much, but obviously you're going to need him to be at his best um, 
at both ends as a quarterback and linebacker, but most importantly, you want your best players to perform at the highest level. And let's see what Jack Todd can do. Yeah, I think this is uh I think I I like Central Catholic in this one. I just I, I just have a feeling they may put together a few wins here in the playoffs because By the way, Cliff. By the way, Cliff, have you seen their offensive line? I um, I have not gotten to see Central Catholic in person, but um I'm sure they have some some great lines I was, they usually do. I I the reason I ask is I would just look I saw them when a couple of weeks ago when they were playing Jackson, and I didn't realize they were that big up front. Their left tackle is six seven. Yeah, that's uh. Jonathan Stangle is the name. Yeah, Jonathan you start getting in Division Six with a six seven tackle. That's that's tough for schools of that size to compete against. They don't run across <laughs> that very often. Six foot seven, two hundred and eighty five pounds, and he's a sophomore. Can you believe that he's a sophomore? He may be still growing. Still, he's probably still in his baby body. He, <laughs> he, that's just crazy about it. And um, having having a line like that, I don't know if scouts are paying attention to that or have not seen him yet. But when you're looking for a big, big lineman like that and that young, I'm paying attention to that. So. That's something that I just wanted to keep in mind. Though. They are pretty, they are pretty big um, up front as well. So you gotta get a hats off to them too. The offensive line in general. Uh, another another thing to keep an eye on there. And our final uh, game comes to us from Division Six, Region Twenty Three. We've got number twelve Malvern at eight and two at number five Dawson Bryant at six and four, and. Uh, the this is uh shaping up to be a really really interesting game, Peter. Um, Malvern playing a team with the Hornet nickname for the second straight week. They won against East Canton last week, twenty eight to twelve. Dylan Phillips is a great weapon there. Jared Withrow, the quarterback, having an excellent season for uh, Malvern. And when you look at their opponents, though, some. Some tough competition. Absolutely. Um, we haven't seen a lot of Malvern, but they always, but they just looked at, they've just been silently been having a good see, good year. And you just hope that you want to see an upset. And I think this might have the possibility of being an upset, being that they're going to be at, be at Dawson Bryant in their territory, in their hostile environment. So we'll see what happens. It'll be, Malvern won the first round of the playoffs at home in 2020 and 2021. So this will be a definitely be a challenge for them if they can escape with the win on the road. Absolutely. That's, uh, that could, that is a distinct possibility. Malvern has made some runs, uh, since the year 2000 deep into the tournament and it's never a program you want to count out. They, uh, they always seem to find a way to to make things interesting, and this could definitely be uh, another case of that. And that is pretty much the in, entire list of games we have this week, Peter. Do you have any closing thoughts? Um, I'm just excited how the um, postseason is going to look. You know, um, hopefully we get at least one or two teams that at least will make it 
out the regionals. And I think my best bet is Maslin. I think they're the more complete team. I think they're the team that's just destined to, destined to bring their first state title in that playoff era. So we'll see what happens and see how far they could go. If it's not them, I think it's West Branch and their region. Um, one of them is just destined to make it, make it out of their region and then make it to the final four. So we'll see what happens. Um, as far as story goes, be on the lookout for my, for the Jackson community, be on the lookout for my Ben Hustle story. I'm finishing it up, um, once I sign off. So be on the lookout for that. And for the Maslin public, um, I'm doing it. I'm, Get ready for my feature on Austin Brawley and how he's performing in Ohio. He's starting as a freshman, you know. So I got a lot of stories coming up. I've been working on it all week. So that's all I got to say. Yeah, a lot of great content to keep an eye on. So make sure you visit uh, CantonRep.com frequently during the week and catch those stories from Peter. He always does a tremendous job with those, and they're always a great read. And uh, make sure you catch those. And we'd like to thank all you guys for staying with us this week and all season. We appreciate all the listeners and all the support we've gotten from you guys. And uh, wish everyone the best of luck this week, Peter. Uh, anything else? Nope. I'm I'm good. Yeah, me too. I think we've said it all. <laughs> well, thanks for listening, everybody. This is Cliff Hickman and Peter Holland Jr. from the Cant Repository for the Friday Night Ohio podcast, and we will talk to you soon.